Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Luke chapter 7, new series called He Gets Us, and over the next month, uh, the month of September, I just really want to shed light on the wonder and amazement of who Jesus is. Um, I believe this, that Jesus is not hard to follow, I'm just hard to die to. Um, When I see the beauty and the wonder of who Jesus is, he's not hard to follow because he is so good. And so I want to shed more light on him because I believe that the more light we shed on him, the more we will want to die to ourselves and run after him uh, because of just uh, how significant he is. And uh, I, I, I do believe following Jesus is easy. Uh, it's the dying to myself that's hard. Anybody else agree? And that's the, uh, that's the part that sometimes uh, it hinders. And, uh, but the grace of God covers us in that. And uh, so Luke chapter 7 uh, as we, we look, our hope is that we would just be able to see friends and family. So if you're new here at Faith Assembly, we're glad you're here. Um, if you came to church alone, I hope you'll invite somebody. If you brought some folks, let's bring some more. And uh, just as an opportunity to introduce people to the love of Jesus and uh, that we can, we can know who he is and experience the love that he has for us. Um, here's what's amazing. God knows us. He gets us. Uh, he knows our thoughts. He knows everything about us. And the amazing thing is this. He loves us anyway. Come on, son. That, that is amazing. That, that God knows my thoughts. He knows my failures, my weaknesses. He knows my strengths. He knows me in my best. He knows me in my worst. And, and he loves us. Uh, he gets us. And so uh, we just want to shed light on, on the amazing love of Jesus Christ. I want to do that today in uh, Luke chapter 7. So why don't you stand with me? Um, there's a story of a dinner party that's happening. Jesus is invited to this gathering. And um, there's an awkward moment that happens in the gathering, and uh, that, that awkward moment just reveals how great and wonderful Jesus is. Uh, here's what it says in verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him, so Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard that Jesus was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind Jesus at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet for real, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She is a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. I love that. Uh, Simon didn't say that out loud. He didn't say it to anybody. He thought it. And Jesus answered his thoughts. Be careful of the thoughts you let run around in your mind. Um, If you're quiet long enough, Jesus will confront and address some of those thoughts. Um, Jesus then says to Simon, he says, uh, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to another. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both canceling their debts. Who would you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon. He turned to the woman and said to Simon. 
Uh, he has given the woman attention. At this moment, she is behind his back, uh, anointing and washing his feet, uh, Jesus' feet, because the way he's reclining. But then Jesus turns to the woman and talks to Simon. Can I just remind you that Jesus still sees you in the midst of what you're walking through? And even when you hear the critics speak against you, Jesus is still looking at you and still knows how to talk to the critics. He knows how to keep his eyes on you and still talk to the critics. He's looking at the woman and he says to Simon, he says, that is right. Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. God, I pray that you would let us see the significance of sins forgiven, what you've made possible. And Lord, I pray that it would take root in our hearts today in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, would you say amen? amen. High five your neighbor and tell him I'm not leaving the same way I came. It's a choice we can make. You may be seated this morning. I um, just uh, through the day have just sensed that God wants us to walk in the healing that forgiveness produces, that healing would take place in us, that uh, there would be a flow of healing that is um, emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, that healing would flow. Uh, there's power that flows in forgiveness when we, we understand uh, and uh, the, the power of forgiveness. So I want to talk from this title today, uh, Flowing in Forgiveness, that, that God has made it possible for us to walk, and forgiveness opens the door to the things that God has made possible for us, that when we walk in forgiveness, we walk in the recognition of what Christ has done on our behalf. Forgiveness elevates what he has done over what we have done, that we are forgiven, that God has made it possible. And when we walk in forgiveness, it opens the door for us to walk in every other thing that God has for us. It's the open door. You can't have anything else without walking in the forgiveness of Christ. It's when you walk in the forgiveness of Christ that makes us able to receive what Christ has done for us, that there is a readiness of heart that when we walk in forgiveness, forgiveness oftentimes is, is something that we, we recognize that is connected to our past and, and sometimes, if we're being honest, it's not always just that we need to forgive people. Sometimes we have to learn how to forgive ourselves, that it's allowing that separation to be able to walk in forgiveness. There's a psychiatrist that I heard speak one time. He's out in Ohio at one of our ministry centers, and he works primarily with ministers, but also um, uh, does some counseling in uh, just the community there. He made this statement. He said, if I could convince people that they're forgiven, he said, I am convinced that 75% of the clients I see would no longer need my service. If they would know the forgiveness that they have, if they would be convinced that they are forgiven, they would no longer need my services because there's a power in forgiveness. Per forgiveness, when you operate in it, it allows you to recognize who you are. Now, what is forgiveness? We would, we would, we would easily connect forgiveness to being washing away or, a, or separation from our past. That's true. 
But it's more than that. We attach it to the negative. We attach it to the past. Forgiveness is not just being able to get away from what you've done. Forgiveness, the root word forgiveness in the Greek, that when you look at this, the root word of forgiveness literally means this, to be sent, to go. So to be forgiven isn't just to be washed from our past. It's to be released to move into our future. I believe that there are too many Christians who have been forgiven but not released. That they've been forgiven by the work of God, but they've not been released into what God has for them. That we're still walking with a victim mentality. We're still walking in a I'm less than. We're still walking in a in, in mindsets. And sometimes they're connected with things like this. Nobody knows what I'm going through. No one's experienced what I'm experiencing. I don't have what it takes. That it becomes this demeaning and putting down. I thank God that I'm forgiven of the past, but God doesn't remind me of my past. He reminds me of the hope and the promise that he has for my future. So forgiveness is not just connecting or disconnecting me from what I did. It's releasing me to walk into what Christ has made possible for me. It's not just when Christ looks at me, he doesn't just see the potential of what I can be. He sees more than that. He sees the provision of what he's made possible. So let me ask you today, are we walking in the fullness and the provision of what Christ has made possible for us? I don't know about you, but there's still more for me to walk in. You see, there's a forgiveness that we receive, and it's the starting point that when you walk in forgiveness, but after forgiveness, there's a freedom that begins to happen because when I know who I am in Christ, it changes the way that I think, and now I'm released to walk in what Christ has for me. The way that that happens is I now have a transformation of my mind. I walk in freedom. The Bible says this, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now I change the way I think, and oftentimes forgiveness needs to begin with change in the way you think about yourself now some people in the room might be like well that just sounds like you know motivational self-talk and just that no it's the word of God and it's truth he is he is separate you are no longer what you used to be he has set you free you are now walking in the full there's a freedom of how we think there's a freedom that we can step into after the freedom then is fulfillment That we can walk in the fulfillment of what he's made possible for us. I am forgiven. I pray today that if you've not been forgiven, that you don't leave this place today without receiving the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And the forgiveness of Jesus Christ separates us from the past, the wrongs that we've done, and now release us to walk into the purpose that God has for us. And when I walk into the purpose, it begins to take shape by now having freedom and walking in fulfillment. So God wants you and I to walk in the fulfillment. Here's the fulfillment. I believe he wants us to walk in healing. How many believe as well that the fruit of the spirit is the fulfillment that God wants us to walk in? Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness. All of the the fruits of the spirit that God has made possible, that he's made for us to walk in. And so when we walk in forgiveness, it opens the door for us to receive what God has for us. That we can go from from being forgiven, that's significant, but we can go to freedom and into fulfillment, walking in the fullness of what Christ has, being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in the fullness of what God has made possible. So the question I need to ask us today then, what are we full of? What is it that we're full of? And here's what, what I, we see in this story. The story has three main characters. There is Jesus. Jesus is always the main character in every story. Uh, so if you don't know the answer, just say Jesus and probably 95% the times it'll be the right answer um uh you know if for any bible question just jesus it, it, it works jesus is the main character along with the main character uh there we have uh the pharisee whose name is simon and then we have the uh woman who is uh known as a sinner 
she's given the title, uh, uh, an immoral woman of the city. She is a sinner. Uh, we know this, that she is a prostitute. So she is someone who has uh, lived a, an immoral life and, and all of this experience. This creates an awkward situation. We've got an awkward situation with Jesus in the room with a Pharisee who had invited him and now a woman who comes in uninvited who is a prostitute and is now in the mix of this interaction. It gave way to an awkward situation. You know what I've realized is that awkward situations are the moments that God allows discomfort to rise so we can deal with the things that are going on inside of us because the moment we are uncomfortable is the moment that there's some things in us that a conflict, that identifies a conflict that God still wants us to learn how to live at peace with. I don't like awkward situations. Who does? Awkward situations make me uncomfortable, but in those moments of having discomfort, it's revealing some things that are still conflicting or that I'm still conflicted with on the inside of me. Here's an awkward situation. There's different types of them. I had one uh, one time I was in a store and uh, greeted a, a couple that was there, and, and we, as we greeted each other, uh, it went beyond more than just hi and, and passing. It went into how are you doing, and so I'm engaged in the conversation, and, and I, I begin to tell them how much I appreciate their family, uh, begin to just ask how they're doing, all this stuff's going forward, and I said, and your son, I'm so grateful for your son. He's such a helpful to, help to us in a project that we had going on, and, and just so grateful. I went on about two or three minutes about how much I love their family, how grateful I am for their son. And finally, the, the husband stopped and he looked at me and he said, uh, so, so who do you think we are? And, and so I told him who I thought they were and they said, uh, we don't know those people. Uh, I was just engaged in a conversation of telling them how wonderful they're, they're, they are and, and their son, how much I appreciate their son. You realize it was an awkward moment that in that moment, what I felt was, oh, I made myself look like a fool. But I wonder if I dissect that right now and to be honest with you, what I had a conversation with these people, let's be real. I just acknowledged to these people that my heart is genuine and I have value in these type of things and I'm acknowledging things that are of, of value and what they got to see inside of me that, wow, that's his value, that's what he looks for, that's what he's recognizing, that's who he is. But instead of me seeing the positive, what did I jump to? I jumped to, man, I made myself look like a fool. Why? Because the conflict inside of me is I still have a level that I fear people. The awkwardness gave a, re, a revealing of why. And that's what we do. There's a conflict inside of us. And if the enemy can work in the place of not being comfortable in our own skin, who we are, being, when I say that, uh, of just recognizing, yeah, hey, I may have missed that. And instead of me shrinking back and feeling like, well, I'll just isolate myself. I won't do that again. I'll just creep away. I'll just stay in my own bubble. I'll just stay around my own things. How many know the enemy can now cause you and I to miss out on the fullness and the potential of what God has for us, all because of those things that still need to be dealt with. How many would say, you understand what I'm saying today, that the enemy will work in those small ways that we just culturally get used to? I don't want to get outside of my, my comfort zone. I don't, want to, I, I don't want to be uncomfortable. Why? Because when I'm uncomfortable, then I'm forced to deal with some things that are rising up in me, some conflicts that still need to be surrendered to Christ. Because there's something about just being able to be chill. Here's Jesus, he gets invited to a party, a dinner party, by a Pharisee. Do you know that Pharisees don't have Jesus in the best light? 
I mean, this is not the people. So they would have had uh, parties that those who were in places of, of prestige, they would invite other people to a dinner where they would make decisions. And so Jesus gets invited to one of these dinners. So he's seen as being prestigious. Now he's not seen as worthy enough to greet with a kiss because Jesus says, you didn't even offer me water to wash my feet. You didn't greet me with a kiss. You didn't even give me oil. Uh, you didn't do the customary things. And why? Because Jesus knew, Simon, you're just inviting me in for your own, for your own desires, your own stuff. You don't really have a heart to pursue me. You're just, I'm, here for, I'm here for your benefit. God, help us we don't make Jesus just that invitation. Lord, have a seat at my table. I'll tell you when I want you, when I need you. You're, just, you're, you're my arm candy. You're just making me look good in the moment. You're just here. You're here for me. Here's the grace and the love of Jesus. He still shows up. He's got a righteous man, a self-righteous guy who doesn't even have any concern for him. And how does Jesus enter into the room? The Bible says, now the translation we read says that he was seated at the table. But I love some of the other translations. It says how he was seated at the table. He was reclining. At the table. Now, how many know when you recline at the table, you're pretty chill? So their culture, the, the, the table was elevated just a bit. They would sit on the floor to eat. And so the reclining posture was that they would sit on their side and their feet would be behind them. I would get down and demonstrate, but I don't have a table to lean on to get back up. Uh, they would sit with their feet behind them and they would lean on the table. And, and so this was the posture. Jesus is reclining. I don't know about you, but if I walked into a room that I knew these people were just trying to eye me up and see, I would not be so chill. I immediately walk in with some defenses. I gotta check this out. But Jesus just walks in knowing you're gonna be part of the group that down the road is gonna call for my crucifixion. You're gonna kill me. Hey, let's hang out. Now, you say, well, that's foolish. No, that's confidence. But how many know that's what you walk in when you're the son of God and you're the light of the world and you have such confidence? You know no weapon formed against you will prosper. You can kill this body and he'll raise it up again in three days. He knew who he was. And because he knew who he was, he walked and carried himself with such confidence. How many would say with me, I want that? I mean, I want that, not arrogance. He wasn't arrogant. He didn't walk into the room like, hey, you guys think you know me. I, he walks, he's just himself. He's reclining. I want to have that kind of ability in my skin to just be who I am. What opens the door? Now, listen, it's possible because the same power that dwells inside of Jesus is inside of you and I. But forgiveness opens the door for me to know who I am in Christ. And now when I walk in forgiveness, I can now walk in that freedom and in the fullness of what Christ has made possible for me. I can walk in a knowledge, not in arrogance, but a knowledge. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I can walk with a, hey, there's a moment. I need to admit that I'm wrong. I need to, I need to acknowledge some things, and I'm okay to do that. I'm okay to say, hey, it was awkward. I thought you were so-and-so, but instead of saying, I'll never do that again, I'll say, boy, isn't that great? You got to see my heart, that my heart is wanting to honor people, and I may have missed the wrong one. I'd rather miss the wrong people in trying to honor than to quit honoring. Are you following me? But what the enemy wants to do is to cause us to walk in this entrapment. Well, then I won't do that. Then I'll just stay. I, I, I won't step out. I won't, I, I won't try. I won't work. I, I won't make effort. The, the enemy wants to keep us in that place that we might be forgiven, but we haven't been released. And I pray today that we would not just be forgiven in Jesus. That's huge. It absolutely is. But that we would know the power of forgiveness to walk in the freedom and the fullness that he's made possible for us.
that we would walk in the confident hope of what he's made and what he's given for us. Those awkward moments can reveal some things in us. Here's what it reveals, what's inside of these three characters, these three main people in this story. It reveals in Simon, who is the Pharisee, Simon invites Jesus, and when Simon invites Jesus in, he's at his table, and in comes the woman, and here's the awkward situation. This woman comes in while they're having a conversation. Jesus is there. We don't know at what point she comes in, but she comes into the table or into the room, and she is weeping and washing Jesus' feet with her tears. She's crying. She's drying his feet with her hair, and she is also opening perfume, breaking open this alabaster jar and pouring perfume out on Jesus. We read the story, but let me just remind us, this is awkward. It's that awkward moment of like, what do we do now? You know when people have emotions and there are other people who don't know how to handle emotions? They're like, ah, how about the weather? <laughs> it, this is awkward. We, we got to fill the gap. There, there's, a, there's an awkward moment that has happened. It doesn't say anyone has any conversation. It just says the woman comes in. She is crying and pouring or wiping Jesus' feet with her tears. Now, how many know if you're going to wash someone's feet with your tears, it's probably not the trickle, trickle. I mean, it's probably like the cry that is ugly cry. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, the cry that is, okay, this is awkward. This is, this is, then she lets her hair down. You don't let your hair down in public, ladies. That was back then, not now. I'm not saying that now. Back then, you, you didn't do that in public. You, you kept your hair up. She now puts her hair down in front of a holy man who is Jesus, and she is in this position or, or in this place. She's now drying his feet with her hair. And then she breaks open perfume. Now, here's my point. How many know that if you're gonna wash his feet with your tears, you're gonna dry it with your hair, and then you're going to put perfume on it? How many know this didn't happen in 30 seconds? This was a time of awkward. What do we do with this? All of a sudden, there's this stuff rising up. This is uneasy. How do I, what do I do? Well, here it reveals what's in the heart of Simon. What Simon do? Simon begins to think. What's Simon thinking? This man is not a prophet. If he was a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching his feet right now. He would know she is a sinner. Not just a sinner like everybody's a sinner. She's a really bad sinner. Like a really good. I don't know, is that really bad or is it really good? Are you really good at doing it? I, really, I don't know, but she's, she's good at it or bad? I don't know, but she's really good bad. Like she's good at sinning really bad. There you go. She's good at sinning really bad. It's like if he knew how good she was at sinning bad, he wouldn't let her touch his feet. Jesus then addresses his question. So what Simon reveals that he's got criticism in him. You know someone is not walking in forgiveness when the first thing they do is criticize other people. Because someone who's not walking in the fullness of forgiveness only tear other people down to where they are. Because I don't feel forgiven, so therefore you can't feel that way either. So I'm gonna have to bring you down to my level. Aren't you glad that Jesus brought us to his level? <laughs> Altogether different. Simon reveals that he's got criticism, that he's tearing down, and, and, and it reveals in that awkward moment what's in his heart. It reveals in, in the woman, the, the sinful woman, the immoral woman. We're not even giving her name. Um, it reveals in her heart this 
worship that overflows and, and her worship goes to a whole nother level of just pouring it out, but it reveals in Jesus' heart in the awkward moment. Jesus breaks the silence by saying to Simon, um, I've got something to say to you, but it reveals in Jesus' heart the grace. Can I tell you, his, his grace is so much for you that it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter if you're a really good sinner, bad, or if you feel like your sin is not that much. His grace He showed grace to the self-righteous man by taking his invitation. And he showed grace to the woman who should not in culture have touched him. But God's grace prevailed. He says to Simon, I've got something to say to you. Simon says, teacher, go ahead and say it. What's interesting is Simon's reply when he says, teacher, go ahead and say it. We'd have to connect that to Luke chapter 6, verse 46 Jesus says, why do you call me teacher, but don't do the words that I say? It's like a man who builds a house on sand, that when the waves come, the house falls down. But a man who hears my words and does what I say is like a man who builds his house upon a rock, that when the storms come, it doesn't fall down. It, this is the picture. When Simon says, teacher, say something. Teacher, go ahead and say what you have to say. Be careful to not, be careful when we get to a place that we do lip service, but our heart is not connected. How do you say teacher, but you don't have any inkling to even reply or hear what he says? Teacher, I'm not gonna respect the words you say, but I'm gonna acknowledge you as teacher, so I'm gonna give you lip service, but my heart, Jesus said, Rend your heart and not just your garments. Don't just rend the outside of who you are. Let your heart be affected. Let me tell you why that's important because that's how forgiveness is found. It's in humility. The the path of of forgiveness is is humility and worship. It's humility among people and it's worship unto God that creates this this opportunity. And so Jesus says to Simon, I've got something to say to you. I want to say to you just three things today that I believe God wants to say to you. And I pray that you would hear the words that God wants to speak to you. And I believe it's, it's this, that, that number one, you're a fortune. I mean, value and who you are, you, you are a fortune. I know, again, some are like, oh, this is just that, you know, uh, self-talk, tell yourself. yourself. No, do you know how valuable you are? Jesus goes to this parable. He tells a story. He always loves to tell stories. It's his way of communicating. I love how Jesus communicates. He says, uh, Simon, let me tell you something. Teacher, go ahead and speak. There were two individuals that a man gave them a loan. To one, he gave 500 denarii, denarii, and to another, he gave 50 denarii. Now, he said neither of them could pay it. They had nothing. It says they had nothing. They could not pay. He couldn't pay 500. He couldn't pay 50. He says, so the man who loaned them the money canceled their debts. Now, which one do you think would love more? Simon says, I suppose. It's interesting that he says, I suppose. Um, Be careful when you just suppose because that's really just the evidence of I don't have the humility to admit that I'm wrong. 
<laughs> I suppose it's the one who more has been given. He says, I suppose it's the one to, to who's been given more. Jesus says, you're right with that. And here's the, the, the connection of the value that he has for you. Notice there's one person who has been given 500, another who's been 50. And so they owe a debt. Now, what I want you to recognize is what separates them or distinguishes them is that they owe a different debt. But what makes them the same is that they both have how many know that if you owe 500 and you owe 50, but if you have nothing, owing 50 might as well be like owing 500? I mean, you know, at that moment, it doesn't matter what you owe. If you have nothing, so you can't say, well, my sin is only a 10. Mine's only a 10. That adulterer, that's a 1,000. And so my 10 to that 1,000 is no big deal. Uh, Maybe if you want to compare it on that side. But when the reality is you have zero ability to pay for your debt, 10. If you're in debt for 10 and you have nothing, it's the same as being in debt for 1,000 and having nothing. We are made the same. That's why the Bible says that all of us have fallen short of God's glory. Every single one of us have fallen short of God's glory. What's that mean? We are all in need of forgiveness we're all in need of forgiveness. And forgiveness opens the door for healing to flow. That when we allow forgiveness to be set in our heart, he, he's saying to him that there's value in you. How do we know there's value? Because you owed 500, they owed 50, and you didn't have anything. And Jesus says, I see value in you that while you are still sinners, I died for you. I gave my life for you. Why? Because I have value. I see you with value. Yeah, but you didn't know or you don't know I'm a thousand, I'm, I'm the thousand mark sinner. I'm in, the, I'm in the, the thousand club sinner. By the way, it doesn't matter what club you think you're in. Everything on this side is sin. And the only thing that matters is forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ. And so we start with that forgiveness, but you're valuable. You, you've got to know that today. You're valuable. The enemy's going to try and make you say you're not worth it. You don't have what it takes. You know, you're, 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 you, whatever that might be. No, God has already determined and said you have value. Here's number two. You need to understand today as well that your past is forgotten. I'm going to ask the worship team to come as we prepare to close, but your past is forgotten. Let me tell you why it's significant that your past is forgotten. The enemy will do whatever he can and say, hey, yeah, sure, go ahead and live in forgiveness, but I'm going to trap you and keep you from freedom because I'm going to keep reminding you of what you did. I'm going to keep reminding you and making you feel like you don't, you don't have what it takes. You're not good enough. You've got a past. You've got a failure. There's a reason why Jesus said whenever you receive communion, having communion with Jesus Christ, that every time you take the bread and the cup, do this in remembrance of me. That there is this significance of not remembering my past, but remembering the promise that he's given, that there becomes something that shifts when you remember Christ more than you remember your past and your sin because something begins to flow when you forget your past. Here is the woman who comes in. How in the world does she have the audacity to just walk into the middle of an invited guest dinner while she walks in? She's crying. She lets her hair down. She go, How in the world does she do this? What even lets this happen? I'll tell you why. Because she forgot her past. 
in that moment who Jesus was and being in his presence was so consuming and more that where she once was was no longer significant. Her past was forgotten. She moved beyond where she had been. Oh, that we would move beyond where we've been. I remember saying, there's a, a, a young lady who would say to me, yeah, we're taught to say, that we are, uh, we're, we're former uh, or recovering addicts. I said, I want to teach you to no longer say you're a recovering addict. I want to teach you to say you are bought with the blood of Jesus Christ and that you are made new. You're no longer your past. Yes, there are temptations and the things that the enemy can bring, but you've got to separate from what you used to be and walk into what God has called you to be. That there's got to be the past that is gone to walk into the newness that Christ has. Now, I realize there's going to be things that will always try to creep up and hold us back and make us feel like we don't have what it takes. But that's where I learned to walk in forgiveness. And the more I walk in forgiveness, guess what I learned to do? I learned to be more comfortable in the person that Christ has called me to be. And even in my failure, in my weaknesses, I glory in him. And even when there's threats around me, I can still recline at the table. Why? Because he's prepared a table before for me in the presence of my enemies, that I can still be at peace, to be confident, not arrogant, but confident in who Christ has made me to be. Yeah, but Jason, you're going to make mistakes. Yep, and his grace is sufficient. I'm not going to intentionally go to make mistakes. I'm not intentionally looking to, but yep, I'm going to walk in that place, but when I walk in the forgiveness, it keeps me free so that I can keep running after the goodness, or not after, but that I can keep running after him and goodness and mercy will follow me and come running after me. You say, well, someone like, I'm, I'm not experiencing the goodness and the mercy of God. Well, because it's meant to run after you and if you're staying still, it can't, can't get there. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So you've been forgiven but have you yet been released? Because the moment you release, the moment you step into the freedom and that new identity that God has for you is the moment goodness and mercy is released because it, it will not meet you where you're not meant to be. Let me say that again. Goodness and mercy will not meet you where you're not meant to be. But the moment you step into where you're supposed to be, goodness and mercy will follow you into those places. And there's a mindset that begins to, to that we have to take a, a shift with this mindset of how we how we look in in seeing our ourselves moving to this place. Here's the last one: you recognize that your uh, your past is forgotten, and that we would forget where we are. And sometimes being able to forget where we are is letting our hair down. And I know sometimes you feel like you can't do that in place. You know, you just can't be yourself. But I want you to know that you can be yourself in Christ and he loves you. He even loves you in your weakness. I glory in my weakness because his grace, it's sufficient. He is, it's in my weakness that his strength is made perfect. And so there's this recognition that I'm gonna move beyond my past and I'm gonna walk into the forgiveness I'm going to walk into the forgiveness of being able to allow my tears to flow. I know that's awkward sometimes. Let my hair down and break the perfume. You realize the awkwardness of this? By the way, the perfume that she would have had around her neck, it was expensive and rare perfume. How do you think she got the money for the perfume? Uh, her line of work. Her past. 
but there was value, there was expense there. But you know what she did? She broke open all that she was, letting go of her past, pouring it all out on Jesus and worshiping. She poured it out on him. And you know what? He didn't say, you didn't get that properly. He, he didn't reject, he didn't. She poured it out. Sometimes you think, man, there's some people that they're kind of loud when they worship or they get a little too excited. If you knew what they were forgiven of, or if you knew what you were forgiven of, you might get a little louder. Or if you knew what Christ did in you, you might shift a little bit from just your cultural norm because he's a God who's worthy of everything you've got. That there's a response. And here's this woman, she responds. Her her tears represent cleansing. Her hair represents being restored to honor because the Bible says that your hair is, is honor. And so her hair being, being let out was a place of, of, of honor with Christ. And her perfume represents her worship being poured out. Oh, that we would be people who know that we've been forgiven. And because we're forgiven, we walk in cleansing. We take our seat of honor with Christ. We know who we are. Not in arrogance, but in confidence. And we pour out our worship. That we respond to what he has done in us. What would it look like if we responded to the forgiveness that Christ has done in us? Let me ask you that your worship for Jesus, have you been forgiven much or little? Well, I worship little because I've only got a 10-point sin. I don't have the 1,000-pointer. My worship is lighter. No. I've been forgiven much, so I'm going to give him everything I've got. He's worthy of my worship. I was uh, just praying, God, help our heart to be soft and tender to receive your word and, and that we would allow forgiveness. I'm convinced of this, that if we would walk in forgiveness, forgiveness would begin to flow not only in us, but through us. Healing, I should say. Remember what it says in, in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen: If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, God says, I will hear from heaven forgive their sins and heal their land you can't walk in healing if you're not walking in forgiveness you can't walk in healing if you're not walking in forgiveness and sometimes we're wondering God why am I, why am I not walking in the peace of God the, 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 with a, the renewed mind there might be an area that you're not walking in total forgiveness that, that whatever that might be that of being able to say God I, help me to deal with the awkward moments and the things that make me uncomfortable raise your hand if you recognize uh, never mind don't raise your hand do you know what it's like sometimes that you feel like being around certain people you feel like you have to be on guard and it's uneasy being around certain people you don't have to raise your hand so rather than retreating and not being around those people what if you walk in forgiveness and say God be my, forgive my debts as I forgive those who trespass against me. Forgive me as I forgive those. What, what if we would walk in forgiveness? What, there, there's a tenderness that would cause our, there'd be more of a sensitivity to the things of God. That when we walk in that forgiveness, fear being taken away. I, I was just praying, God, let our hearts be softened. And, and it, as I was praying, uh, I just had this picture of a dryer sheet because I'm 
my wife does not allow me to do the laundry, but she does allow me to transfer the clothes from the washer to the dryer on rare occasions. To which I have learned the dryer sheet has the ability to soften the clothes. And I'm praying, God, soften our hearts like a dryer sheet softening clothes. And I'm like, how does that even work? So, you know, I got on Google because Google knows everything. I'm, like, I'm intrigued now because I'm like, you know, is it the dryer sheet? It just makes it, you know, like, ooh, the magical dryer sheet. Just rub it on it. and it, No, it, it, it creates this static electricity that is this response. Now, I just had to look it up, and that's how I found it. So trust me, I don't like just randomly read about dryer sheets and how this thing works. I was just thinking like, man, how are our hearts being softened? And, and here's what I saw, that the dryer sheet goes in the dryer and in the midst of the heat, as things are spinning, it creates a static electricity that causes the fabric to respond to the electric, the electricity of the static. And because the response of the fabric is what makes it soft, it's not just the sheet, it's the response of the fabric to what the sheet is producing. And I said, oh God, what if we could be people who walked in forgiveness that even though we get turned upside down we're in some hot places difficult places that we would know your presence is with us and when we come out we're even better than we were when we got in we don't come out hardened we don't come out bitter we don't come out aggressive we don't come out being hurt and being victimized and with a mindset of woe is me but the presence of God we respond to his presence and we come out softer than we went in how many know only the presence of God can do that when you walk through difficult places, you walk in hard places. Can I tell you the mark of maturity is that when you go through life and people hurt you and you don't give up on Jesus and you don't give up on his bride and you don't get so arrogant and stuck in yourself and isolate yourself, never going to let that happen again. I'm going to go move away. I'm going to do my own thing. But when you walk in a forgiveness of God, then you say, no, I realize there are people that are going to say some things to me that hurt sometimes. So rather than being offended because of what they said, I'm going to have forgiveness. Oh, by the way, this smells good too. My hands smell so good right now. Don't come up afterwards and sniff them. That's weird, awkward. Don't do that. But what if our hands could smell different? Somebody offends and they don't even realize, you know what? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do now I've allowed the, the presence of God to respond to him. I'm walking in forgiveness. I'm walking in freedom. Guess what freedom is? Freedom is, it, it, it keeps me in a place where I don't have to get offended like I used to because over here I was stuck in a trap. Every time somebody would say something, it would stir me again and just put me right back into the insecurity mindset. Hello. Somebody know what I'm talking about? Just puts me right. But then I walked in not just freedom or not just forgiveness, but freedom in what he's called me to be in the grace of God and now being filled guess what that stuff comes out of us God I pray healing would flow out of who we are to impact our world would you stand with me I want to ask you two things today as we pray one if you're here today and you, you say Jason I, I recognize I need to let my heart remain tender before the Lord Maybe there's some things that have happened in your life and you've got to allow, you're going through the spinning and the moments of difficulty and there's things that, that, are, that are hard and, and they're maybe creating awkward moments, but let your heart be sensitive and say, God, I, I, my trust is in you. I, I, I'm going to come out of this responding 
to your presence and being softer than I was when I went in. If that's you today, you say, I want my heart to be softened to the things of God and his leading and for forgiveness and healing to flow. Just raise your hand right where you are. You say, I want that in my life. I want to be an agent of healing in my world. Yeah, yeah. Man, thanks for raising your hand. And I'm, you didn't do that for me, but you're just saying to God, God, let us be people of healing, agents of healing that would flow in our world. But we can't walk in that if we don't first receive the forgiveness that comes from Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of knowing your sins are washed away. That you don't just have to get a coating and make you feel better for what you did, but now fill you with his presence so you can walk into what he has for you. You can walk into the purpose that he has in your life. We're going to ask if, they, if that's you today in just a moment for you to raise your hand. And if you raise your hand, we're going to celebrate. If you raise your hand to say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life, we're going to celebrate that. How do I know that? Because I know the value in this house is seeing lost people know Jesus Christ. That's what this house is built on. A desire to see lost people know Jesus. You say, well, that's kind of rude to assume I'm lost. Well, if you don't know Jesus, you, you are lost. But here's the good news. He came to seek and save those who are lost of which I was one. So we're going to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We're going to celebrate that and we're going to pray then. We're going to have a prayer together. And then after that, we're going to dismiss and as we're dismissing, our prayer team's going to be here to meet with you if you made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We're going to give you some resources, some information to help you grow in this walk because we want to take serious making disciples and helping people grow in the knowledge and the love of Jesus Christ. Not grow in religion, but grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not to teach you how to act in church, but to teach you how to know he loves you and how to live like you know the forgiveness and the grace of God. So I'm going to ask you today, if you're here and you say, I need to make a decision to walk in the forgiveness of Jesus, and today I'm surrendering my life to Christ. If that's you, just lift your hand right, here, right where you are, and we want to celebrate you today. We want to celebrate what Christ is doing. You say today, yeah, yeah, is there anyone else today? Come on, we're going to celebrate that. Yeah, yeah, is there anyone else today? We celebrate that. Come on, all across this, is there anyone else today? You say today, yeah, God bless you. Is there anyone else just in this moment? You say, I'm, gonna, I'm asking Jesus, come into my life. Just joining those that have already said, I'm, I'm doing this today. Today we've had over 10 people who have said, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm gonna, I ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I want to walk in knowing Jesus. And as we do that, we walk in his forgiveness. You know what? We all get to walk in this place of allowing ourselves to become agents of, 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 of just healing to flow. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come, and we're going to pray. As they're coming, we're going to pray this prayer together. And it's not a prayer that saves you, but the one who we pray to is the one who comes and moves in our hearts. Would you pray this prayer with me all together? Dear Jesus, come on, we pray this as a family, everyone together. Dear Jesus, I confess my sins. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you rose from the grave come into my life and make me a new person forgive me of my sins give me your help to walk with you every day the old is gone and I am new in Jesus name I am forgiven I am saved never to be the same 
In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for each one who has made this decision today. And God, I pray for, Lord, all across this room, for each of us who have said, God, let our hearts be sensitive and that we would walk in forgiveness. Let forgiveness flow in our lives. Come on, if that's your prayer and your agreement today, just even as the the fabric responding to the static electricity, just lift your hand right now to God and just let that be a sign to, to him right now, your heart saying, God, let my heart be softened. Let my heart be pleasing to you. Let my heart be be sensitive to your working. Let healing flow in me. God, let me be an agent of your healing that would flow, that God, we would flow in forgiveness and, and freedom and fulfillment. God, that we would walk in everything that you have for us. I speak that over this house today, God, that we would walk in the fullness of what you have for this church, for your people, in our homes, our families, our community. Let it be in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, if that's your prayer today, would you say amen? and amen. Man, thank you so much for being here. I want to encourage you. If you said today, I'm making Jesus the Lord of my life. We have some information here. As we go today, we would love to connect with you. Thanks for being a part of church with us today. And uh, we hope you'll join us next week. Bring somebody with you.